Hello, I'm Shelly Till. Welcome to the Too Much Grit to Quit podcast, where I speak to some of the greatest athletic minds about overcoming adversity and building your grit muscle. My guest today is literally one of my favorite people on the planet, and I'm so excited that you're here. She is a former Division I athlete from the University of Michigan and one of my co-broadcasters at the Big Ten Network, which is where we met. Please welcome Michelle McMahon. How are you? I'm good. How are you? It's so good to see you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited for this conversation just because it's an extension of how we talk anyways. So it's going to be so fun. just recording it for everybody. Everybody's basically listening into one of our phone conversations right now. (laughs) Yeah, we got to loop them in somehow, you know, they've been missing us on the airwaves. So we got to give them something that they got to give the people what they want, you know? This is so true. (laughs) So true. So um, you know, you and I, I feel like are just, I, the first time we met, I just felt like I had, I don't know about you, but I literally, literally just felt like I had this connection with you that was like, this girl gets it. She, we, we've had, and since then have talked, we've had so many similar experiences in life. And I remember the one, I don't know if you remember this in the green room, we're sitting there on the couch and we're just like back and forth talking about life and health and wellness and mindset and all this stuff. And I'm like, Oh my God, like you can't have in-depth conversations like that with just anybody. (laughs) So true. So true. Yeah. I do remember that. And to add to that, you were a huge part of my early healing journey when my health was kind of out of whack. And I remember that conversation specifically and some of the holistic products that you recommended and just kind of like putting the, putting the dots together of what it really means to live, you know, a holistic lifestyle and like one that's fully balanced on, every level, emotionally, spiritually, physically, mentally. So yeah, we hit it off right away. And you're somebody that I've always looked up to and just so knowledgeable on so many things. And um, yeah, I'm just happy that you're spreading your message with the world because this is like you stepping into your power and you're making a huge impact already. So I'm happy that the world gets to experience what I experienced. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. You're too kind. Well, before we jump into where, where we are, you know, presently and what's going on with your life. um, When you think back to that conversation that we had at BTN and just everything that was going on in your life, then as you look back now, um, kind of just in an, if you can wrap it up kind of succinctly what were the challenges that you felt like you were you were facing at that point in time and um and maybe where that came from yeah i mean the list is endless right that's a, the journey of life is once you feel like you've addressed one challenge the next one seems to pop up but at that moment in time i think it was what was it 2017 2018 time right maybe a couple of years ago mm-hmm. yeah so at that point in time um i was navigating some serious not to the degree where I was like hospitalized or anything like that, but personally for me, serious, because I had never had any health problems to that point. But on a, on a physical level, um, my hormones were all over the map. I, my thyroid was messed up. And if you're in tune at all with the health world, if you have one little thing off in your hormones, it's it can really set you off in so many different ways. Um, it can cause a lot of depression. It can cause a lot of anxiety. Um, It can cause a lot of heightened physical experiences and mental experiences that um, can really throw you out of whack. So on the physical side, um, you know, the doctor I was working with at the time told me my cortisol levels were through the roof. If I didn't change anything, I was going to cause serious chronic health issues. 
um, basically like get it in line. But a lot of that stress was coming also from within, you know, my negative self-talk and my mental health. Um, I kind of got wrapped in uh, to a similar spiral of what I was overcoming in my Michigan volleyball experience back in the um, college days. And it's when your identity gets so tied up in the external world and how other people see you and the feedback that other people give to you, which feedback's never a bad thing, but it's how you internalize it and the conversations that you're having inside. So I would say at that point in my life, um, my self-talk wasn't great. My physical health wasn't great, but on the outside, things looked awesome. And I was on television and doing all these amazing things, which were wonderful and experiences I'm so grateful for. But um, on the inside, I think I was it, I was pretty out of whack at that point. Um, on, on a lot of other levels. I'm glad that you um, brought up the Michigan volleyball thing because I know that that was a, a really um, impactful time for you, right? It really had an effect on you then, but long-term. And I think as you found out, and as anybody who's experienced some physical symptoms, there's usually an underlying or a previous, um, de you know, depending on what we're talking about, but, but things like that, uh, that you can attach them or you can go back and look at a time that was maybe um, emotionally and mentally challenging for us. And if we don't process through, through those emotions and we store them, as you know, it starts showing up in our body symptomatically. 100%. So, um, if you're, if you're able, willing to jump into that experience, just um, as a, you know, you're, you're a division one athlete, the university of Michigan walk on, um, which is not an easy thing to do in any sport. Every, anybody that has played sports understands that. And I think um, I have, you know, my son is a walk, was a walk-on at Iowa, started that way. So I have a special place in my heart for people who are willing to take on that challenge and stick through it, right? And to go through the adversity. And I think there's, it takes a special kind of person to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. What were some of the um, as you look, as you look back or as you went through that, just if you can share some of the challenges, unique challenges that you were faced with as an athlete. Yeah, that's, there's so many places to go with that question. And, um, you know, everything I'm about to share too, I, I want to first preface my answer with the fact that I was so, I still am so grateful for the experience that I had because had I not had the, you know, the mental health challenges that I did in those formative years, I probably wouldn't be where I am today. And I probably wouldn't have had, you know, the support system and the, um, you know, the mental health staff that I was able to develop through it all. Um, but yeah, it, it is a challenge being a walk-on. It is an amazing opportunity and it's a challenge in its, in its own right, because you're putting in the blood, sweat and tears. You're not getting paid for it, but you're getting the free gear and there's other perks that come along with it. Um, but for me, it was, um, you know, I came from being one of the best at my high school and really was good at sports, had a lot of friends growing up. School was generally speaking pretty easy for me. Um, so I had been rocked a little bit to that point, just, um, growing up, but that, that Michigan volleyball was the first experience that really, um, humbled me in the ways of trying, I had to figure myself out. I didn't really know who I was at that point. Who does when you're freaking 18 years yeah. old, you're, you're, that's, that's why it's such a crucial, um, point of time in your life because you're still developing those, um, self-belief systems. So the biggest struggle for me was internalizing, um, you know, some of the feedback I was getting from all angles, teammates, coaches, um, you know, anyone, 
anyone that's trying to make you better as an athlete. And, um, you know, I think for me, the biggest thing was mental health and the way I was talking to myself. I thought if I had a bad volleyball practice and got yelled at, it was, I was a bad person and I was not going to make it beyond that. If I, you know, I would make myself, I would work myself up inside so much to the point where I would be like nervous to go to practice the next day. And a lot of this started in freshman year where you really don't have a place yet. You don't know who the heck you are. You don't really have a support system away from home yet because you don't really have any friends. You're still figuring it out. As a walk-on, I had imposter syndrome. I didn't really believe I belong there. I didn't really think I was good enough to belong there. And so when you put out that energy, what are you going to get back? You know, that's also where I'll take accountability in my experience and responsibility of where I had to shift a lot of things and where the shifts started to show in the external. Um, and so for me, it was negative self-talk. It was, I'm not good enough. I'll never play a day in my life. How could I let my teammates down like that? How could I be so unlikable that I'm getting yelled at this much, all these things that I, I just really internalized as a me thing. And in reality, a lot of it was shifting, um, you know, the mentality around that. And Greg Harden, my mentor from college, I'll give him all the credit because he's really the person that stepped in and kind of saved my life in that way. Because once you get started on that rabbit hole of all this negative self-talk, like you can really go to a to a deep space and, and the pressure of being a division one athlete, it's like, yeah, it's glamorous in its own ways, kind of like television, but there's a lot of stuff that can get thrown back in your face really easily. And it's, um, it's a challenge to stay centered when you're getting pulled in so many different directions. And then on top of it, when you don't even have your own back, because if you don't have your own back, then nobody else will. And that's kind of where my passion for self-awareness and, um, you know, developing those healthy, healthy habits comes from. I think it's, you hit on something really that I want to touch, go into deeper because you talked about if you don't have your own back as a college athlete, I know that, uh, everybody has their own experience. Everyone has challenges as a walk on it's, it can be really challenging to step into that role. Um, and I know that you've, you had challenges athletes across the country do. And when I think you're an athlete at that level, if you're not able to do that self-regulation and you're not able to be self-aware, um, or you just haven't mastered it yet, right? I mean, who has mastered it? It really helps to have someone externally to guide you through that. Who was that person for you at Michigan? Yeah, you, you just put it so perfectly, especially because at that moment in time, I was not able to self-regulate. I didn't even know what that meant. I didn't know what self-awareness was. I didn't know why it was important for me in my life. So um, Greg Harden, who's um, since retired, I feel bad for all the athletes that don't get to work with him, but um, he's an associate athletic director and a, and a counselor for the athletes at Michigan. He worked with Tom Brady, Desmond Howard, and then little old me. I mean, he works, he's worked with thousands of athletes, but um, I mean, he's transformative in, in what he teaches. And it's because he really focuses in on these concepts of learning yourself better than anyone else and how to reframe challenges when it comes to athletics and really beyond that when you deal with similar people and challenging people and challenges when you move on beyond um, college and whatever level that athletics take you. So the most profound impact he had on me first and foremost was reframing what volleyball was in my life. At that time, it was everything. It defined, again, it's when we put our eggs in one basket of what defines us, that's a, that's a big challenge because if that goes away or if that's not working out so well, then who are you in all of this? So he kind of helped separate that concept of identity for me. And 
Um, I'll never forget the first time I walked into Greg's office. It was, I had never talked to a counselor or a therapist or a sports psychologist to that point. He's, he really, I mean, he knows what he's doing, but I basically walked in and it was the first time that I had ever been forced to face my own struggles and inner self-talk and understand what was happening inside of me. And I basically just crocodile tears and cried for an hour. And he just basically, the first question he asked was like, hey, Michelle, so happy to have you in today. What, what can I help you with today? And it was like, I was like, I'm, I'm so used to being the strong one. I'm so, you know, tapped into my masculine energy of just push through, don't talk about your feelings, power through it, you're fine, don't be a baby, all these things of how I was telling myself. And I finally just let the guard down and just, emoted finally all these feelings that I had been feeling for so long and I just basically <laughs> through blubbering words explained to him like where my challenges were and just how out of place I felt and just how miserable I was as a as a person inside and how hard it was for me to get through every volleyball practice mentally and um, the emotional triggers that were coming up for me and not feeling like I had any friends and not really knowing who I was and trying to fit in with everybody that I didn't fit in with and everyone's trying to focus on their spots and winning their starting job. And I was just trying to stay afloat, you know, at that point, like, I just want to, I just want to be, I'm just happy to be here kind of thing was my mentality. But the biggest reframe um, that he gave me and the gift that he gave me early on was, um, you know, the statement and it can apply to anything that's really going on in your life. He said, volleyball is what you do. It is not who you are. So your first problem is that you're identifying your identity with the sport that you play and Sister, you're a lot more than that. You have a lot more to bring to the table. And secondly, um, you know, he didn't hold my hand after I just got it all out on the table. He said, sounds like you got a tough story. Sounds like you're going through a lot. And I'm here to help you develop that uh, inner child that needs to grow up. And I was like, what do you mean? Well, well, so what is an inner child? What do you mean? What do you mean I need to grow up? Like, I, uh, I thought I was grown up. Am I not? You know, and so he kind of gave me the the compassion that I needed at the time, but also the, you know, kick in the rear of like, all right, this is a challenge, but like, let's move forward. And how are we going to make this a blessing in your life? And so every day I went into his office, um, he wanted me to know myself better than anyone else, because that's my power. Nobody can take that away from me. And that means your strengths and your weaknesses. And that was the, the, the those three messages from day one were the biggest things that he drilled into my head. He said, you're gonna learn yourself better than anyone else. And I, under, at the time, was like, I don't understand how that's gonna help me. Sweet, I'm here for it. I will do anything, because right now, the only thing I wanna do is crawl into a hole and like sleep for the rest of my life, because I don't wanna go out there, it's too scary. Like, I don't wanna face this, it's too big. I don't wanna go to volleyball practice, I'm not good enough. I don't have any friends. Like, it's just like such a like, ugh, inner trap to be in. So those were, I would say, the three most formative things. and. And then beyond that, I mean, man calls me the other day and tells me exactly what I need to hear heading into 2021. And he's just one of those people that channels through a higher power and, and, and helps you see yourself in a different light. You mentioned that you had no idea what he meant by self-awareness, but I'll give it a go. <laughs> so fast forward when you're in your final year at Michigan, how did you transform because of that advice? And putting it into yeah. practice. You had to put it into practice. It wasn't just like, oh, okay, and go back to doing yeah. what you're doing. 
Yep, exactly. And that was, it was, you know, it was a four-year journey, really still continues to be a journey, but um, I shifted how I interpreted any criticism or feedback from anyone from my teammates and my coaches. um, And I changed the conversation in my head. That didn't change what they were saying to me and it didn't change anything else that was happening on the outside. It was in my head. Anytime I received any feedback from a coach, player, teammate, anything that I perceived as negative, good, otherwise it was thank you for the feedback in my head. Like, thank you for that. That was clearly their intention is to make me a better player. I'm going to take that. I'm not going to take it personally. I'm going to reframe anything that I hear and say, thank you. And take that into account. And if it was, if it was true, great, keep it, change it, make it better. If it didn't resonate as true for me. All right. Say thank you. Anyways, kick that one to the curb, keep going and keep processing talk about that with Greg later. If there was something that happened that was maybe not something that resonated as true for me, was kicked to the curb, I would take that, I'd bring it to Greg and I'd say, help me process this. This hurt me in this way. Let's get through this emotional injury. And and, and he helped me take accountability on my end for whatever was popping up in that experience. So getting to senior year to that point was a journey. I was, I, I, I was uh, on, the, on, the, on the verge of just giving up many times, but Greg helped me stay on track mentally to be able to complete what I set out um, to do from the beginning of my journey. So senior year, I did not get my first career start until my senior year. Um, fought for that one hard. Blood, sweat, and tears. And it was because my energy shifted because I was no longer on the same side as everyone else, not against me, but if you will, just as an analogy of, um, you know, trying to get my goat, trying to get me down kind of thing. It was like, okay, I'm on my team now. How can I be the best teammate that I can be, be the best player that I can be and not care about what the outcome was. And so, um, you know, shifting that when I got feedback was a huge piece of that, the application of it, um, putting in the work of like, how, what ideal person I wanted to be um, in that senior year moment, how I wanted to show up in those pressure filled moments, how to get those little gremlin voices out of my head when I did get my opportunity because I had to be ready for it when it did come. And um, in order for that to happen, I really had to get the mental game in place. And so um, applying those things granted me the experience that I was then ready for. Now granted my first career start was against Penn State and the first point of the game, the girls, Katie Slays, six five, and you know, puts me right back into my place with a, a quick hit in the middle and I bounced on the ground, almost hit me in the face. And that was again, a humbling moment, but the energy that I brought to the table with my teammates of like, all right, I'm not gonna let this get me down. I'm not gonna let it get you guys down. Like, let's go, we're gonna like, we're gonna fight. We're gonna be in this together. And so I think that was one of the biggest things um, my coach at the time had said, like, your energy, like you're bringing such a good, you know, fight to the court. And that's one of the reasons that you earned this, this starting position. So like go run with it. And that was the first time that I had been like, whoa, like, oh my God, it's here. I'm finally doing it. Um, but I, I would say it, it was 95% mental, <laughs> oh. 5% of my, my physical ability to be able to step in. But um, I felt really good when I made it to the point. And then also, wasn't over celebrating the fact that I got the start. It was like, I'm even keeled. I'm neutral and happy, grateful always, but it's like, it's not overtaking my life of like, yes, I finally made it. I finally made it in my life because I'm starting. It's like, okay, great. That's a, a piece of my life. It's not everything. And I'm, I'm going to do the best of it, but I'm not going to let it define me if it doesn't, if I succeed or if it doesn't go as planned. You use uh, my language. I love it. Um, when you refer to an emotional injury. 
Yes, you taught me that phrase. Oh, right. <laughs> Yeah, and it's because what it is, it you know we, we pay so much attention to physical injury injuries in sports, and the emotional ones that happen are just as important, if not more so, because the emotional mm-hmm. ones happen can't be seen, and if they're not treated, they just get bigger, mm-hmm. and then it affects your individual performance. It can affect the team. Um, and they stick with you for a very, very long time. And so the fact that you were able to challenge the story you were telling yourself to challenge the, the truth mm-hmm. and you use the words, is this true? Is what I'm hearing true? Um, there's a author who I'm obsessed with recently by the name of Byron Katie. Mm-hmm. Are, are you familiar with her? Yeah. I think Greg has referenced her a couple of times. Oh, actually. I mean, she's it, just, she has a thing that she calls the work. You can go to her website, thework.com, highly recommend it for anybody, but she teaches exactly what you did. And it's, we have a belief, right? We have an emotion and that emotion comes um, from a thought and so, or a belief. And so she just says, you, you challenge it. So the first one is, is it true? If it's yes, you go to the next one. Number two, can you absolutely know that it's true? Yes or no. And then the third one is, how do you react? What happens? when you believe that thought. Mm. And so, you know, if if you're having the thought that I'm not good enough, is that true? Well, not really, but what happens when you believe that thought, right? How do you feel Mm -hmm. in in your body? How does it come out? How do you treat Mm -hmm. people? How do you treat yourself? Mm -hmm. And then the last, the fourth question is who or what would you be without that thought? Mm. So it's really great in terms of um, challenging the crap that goes through our brains. You know, because like you just said, we all create a story. Mm-hmm. We feel an emotion. We, we create, we have a belief. We create a story about it. And the fact that you mm-hmm. were able to, to challenge that at that time, at a young age and filter through the truth and filter through the crap paid off clearly, you know, yeah. really was able to help you process. It's a way to process those emotional injuries. Yeah. And those stories that we create around the feedback that we're given from the outside often stem from experiences way back in the day that we may or may not remember even. So this can go even deeper than the outside trigger as I'm learning, continuing to learn my own journey now. But, um, you know, adding to that, it's like we have the choice. So that's where we have responsibility of to choose differently and to bring forth these quote unquote truths to an objective person that can tell you the honest truth of yes, you're being this way or like, that's the other thing is like separating what's true about like the way that you're acting and your character. Cause there's a big difference mm-hmm. and, and things that are changeable and things that are not, there are some things that are just inherently true to who you are. And that's not a cop out to be like, I can't change. This is just the way that I am. It's you need that person that can reflect back to you um, and mirror back to you what is also true. And that's where, that's why we, to your point of finding that external person that could, that's really safe. Like it has to be a really safe person. You can't go to somebody that's just going to tell you what you want to hear or um, that maybe doesn't have your best interest. It has to be, you know, a safe container of somebody that's able to be completely honest with you, gently honest, but to, um, you know, to develop that inner truth and that inner trust within yourself to get to know yourself better, like to have somebody that's mirroring back to you, what's true about you and then inspiring you to hold that space to get to the potential of you. I think that was another thing that Greg did for me and, and, um, you know, mentors out there for anyone else. It's like, they hold the space. They're just mirroring back to you where they see that you can go and what they see in you that if you're too hard on yourself, you're unable to see in yourself. Like I, 
I completely thought I was garbage at that point in my life. I didn't think I was good enough. Didn't think I was pretty enough. Didn't think any, and didn't like my body. All the things. It's just like so toxic. And having somebody like Greg that was like, "Here's what I see in you, and here's where I think you're going, and here's where your ability is to go." And I see all of these things. Let's let's do the steps to help you get there because you're in charge of your fate, not me. I'm here to just guide you along on your path. And so that's where I think. Um, becoming aware of those stories, having a safe person to bring them forward with, and then also um, then taking back your personal personal sovereignty to really make a choice of how you respond to those things and to embrace adversity when it comes. Because um, something that I learned recently, and I really love this, is like when we're triggered, it's an invitation um, to act in a way, to, to, to take action, aligned action, to really move yourself forward in a positive way. You, you have the choice to use it for good or for, um, for bad. Mm -hmm. Um, I, to that along those lines, I heard a quote recently by Jim quick, K W I K. Hmm. Uh, he said, life is the C between B and D. Ooh. And so B is for birth. D is for death and C in the middle is choice. Ooh, God, that's a good quote. Isn't that one down? Um, and it's so simple, but it, it makes so much sense. How did you use those lessons and that experience that you had in college to propel you into your broadcasting career? Because I know you get asked that question all the time. How do I get into this? How do I do that? I mean, anybody that's in this, this field, there's, always, there's hundreds, and if not thousands, of other young women who want to get into sports broadcasting, and it's not easy. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of different things that need to, to happen but how did you utilize the lessons you learned at Michigan as an athlete to propel you after that and into your career? Yeah. Well, I think first of all, that experience uh, at Michigan, you can't survive four years of division one athletics unless you have a lot of grit and determination and passion (laughs) and, um, you know, the ability to move forward in that way. So to your podcast uh, name credit, that's um, really what it developed in me first is, you know, the grit to like survive and thrive and just, take in this (laughs) portal of duality of, yeah, this sucks right now and I'm hurting. And also like, how can we make this a beautiful experience at the same time? And it's a lot to hold all at once. But um, as I moved along in my broadcasting career, it seems to be the same theme for me and and something, I don't know if it's on my journey of where, where I just really need to learn this lesson of stop externalizing your success and your inner peace and your inner strength and stop giving your power away to people on the outside um, we reclaim that when we take away, when we take back our choice on how we choose to interpret the outside world. So, um, again, it's broadcasting is what I do. It does not define who I am as a person. And while it has been a significant portion of my identity and my brand and being able to interact with so many people, um, it's still not the defining aspect of me. It's just a part of me. So, um, being able to ride out the career highs, making it to the national network in two years and also the lows where I'm at right now, of just this level of uncertainty, like everybody else that I've been able to, or been kind of forced to navigate through. Um, so I think it helped me also, um, you know, going back to that self-awareness piece, having that self-awareness to be able to walk into these job interviews and to meetings with these top executives of networks and to be confident in my skin and to, to, tell them what I bring to the table and to be able to, you know, field feedback on areas where I still have to grow. And again, what's true, what maybe doesn't resonate as true of, is this going to make me a better broadcaster? Okay, then yeah, 
let's let's adjust something. If is is this of anything to do with me being a good broadcaster? Okay, maybe I still say thank you. Thank you for that pers- perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's valid for you because that's their experience of the situation. And you know, pocketing that one away, and again, processing that with a safe person of. And if you're not sure if it's true, like bring it forward of like, hey, I, this was delivered to me today. Like, can you help me understand if this is true about me or like I, I'm like kind of questioning my intuition on this one? Can you help me process through what was said to me? So I think um, being able to separate that mentally and not allowing the external to define my inner space, like that has been such a huge huge, huge continued lesson for me. And then also just like my ability to have fun anyways, you know, life isn't perfect. We all have challenges. It doesn't matter how perfect somebody's life looks on the outside. My life is the furthest thing from freaking perfect. If anyone could be in my shoes right now, it's like, I, I wish I could loop in everyone in on my journey. Maybe one day when I, when I write that book that you keep telling me to write. If you'd like to take a deeper dive into peak performance training, then I invite you to check out my collaboration with Dr. David Kruger, executive mentor coach and CEO of MentorPath, an executive coaching, training, publishing, and wellness firm who guides performing professionals to achieve and sustain peak performance. If you want to play to win, it requires answering these two questions. One, how can preparation, practice, and performance be developed and applied to consistently generate optimum performance? And two, how can coaches and players individually and collectively achieve and sustain elite performance success? The three peak performance playbooks and seven webinars offer practical guidance for both coaches and players to systematically apply mind, brain, and performance sciences to achieve and sustain optimum success. To sign up for alerts about the upcoming launch schedule, please go to my website, ShellyTill.com, and there you can click on courses and then peak performance. But it's like to be able to give yourself the grace, um, the self-awareness, the space to just be <laughs> it, it can be uh, you know a profound experience so I think the determination is what got me to the you know level of broadcasting that I want to get to and then again the adversity with the health stuff and you know some challenging parts of the industry of being a woman in sports that can present itself in many different ways and shapes and forms and navigating that and not internalizing that as what is true for me and staying true to myself, having that self-awareness to fall back on as I continue to reinvent and as I I continue to, um, you know, explore the best fit for me, whatever that is moving forward, um, people, jobs, places, all the things. And so those were the main lessons of like, okay, I'm not going to lose myself in this experience again, because it's very tempting. It's so tempting to just be like, the Michelle McMahon that's on TV. Like, that's me. That's it. That's all I have to offer. So if I don't have that and I'm not really worthy of a person, it's like, well, guess what? Corona's here and now you don't have a job. It's like, okay, cool. Well, that was a fun ride. And uh, I guess we just wait until volleyball season goes back or, or whatever. Like, I mean, for a while there, none of us knew if any sports were coming back. It's just like yeah. this uncertainty, becoming best friends with uncertainty and detaching from outcomes, trusting the process. And really, um, you know, it stems from within. The more you can just go inward when things pop up because they're going to pop up and when triggers happen to lean into the trigger and let it assist you in action forward and not let it define your experience and rock you off your rocker for that day. Like that, those are the things that, um, you know, bring you peace at the end of the day. And it's not easy. I'm not sitting here saying like, oh, I've mastered all these things. Like the last week has been brutal for me mentally. And Mm -hmm. I now have the proper healthy 
you know, um, routines in place where I can now work through them with my safe people and with Greg chiming in as he literally perfectly did, just didn't even know I needed him and called. I'm like, of course, this is what happens. Um, but it's just finding the grace for yourself to be able to navigate the uncertainty and, and everything that we're going through. I mean, nothing is certain in life and, and amidst of my broadcast journey, another challenge was losing a best friend and navigating through that of like what life is all about. And that kind of prompted me on another spiritual path, which we can dive into at a later time, but, um, or now, whatever it's up to you, but that's, that's really like the space that I'm at right now. And like what I continue to learn as I also struggle in my path and continue to navigate Mm -hmm. what the heck my purpose is on this planet and leaning into those spaces. Clearly the the whole story here, your story and many stories of many athletes. And the reason this podcast is called too much grit to quit is because it's how you can continue to take the punches and the blows and still get back up. And it doesn't mean you don't stay down for a while. Like we're not here saying that you should never feel bad or you should never struggle or you should never cry or just sit and lay in your bed all day long and watch Netflix and eat ice cream. Like it happens. It's happened probably more in this last year to everybody in this country across this planet. And that's okay. It, Cause we have to honor where we are in the moment, but it's how long are you going to stay there? And it's you using these lessons that you've learned, you know, you can, you can pull from that. You can pull from your upbringing. You can pull from your experiences as a, as a college athlete. You can pull from your experiences as breaking into the broadcasting world while you were doing something completely different as, as a profession, because mm-hmm. it, those are the, that's the proof that you have bounce back ability. That's the proof that you can handle getting knocked down and still getting back up again. Life isn't about avoiding adversity. Yeah. It's how do we handle it? Yeah. And, and so, how you, and how do you handle it without necessarily having anything to show for it externally? Yeah, exactly. And it's, a, yeah, the attachment to, to the external, to the attachment to the awards, the attachment to the money, the attachment to the title. So as you, now that we're in 2021, as you look back on the lessons that you've learned in 2020, because, you know, we could talk about the challenges till we're blue in the face, but let's talk about the shift. And, and we're all still learning from it. But as you look back on 2020, what stands out to you as maybe it looked like a really crappy thing was happening, but now, you know, what was the lesson in it? What was the blessing that you experienced? Yeah. And it's that concept of duality again, right? Like the, like what feels like catastrophic in your life can also end up being the most beautiful blessing. And that's why it's also, you know, I think healthy to embrace the adversity and the challenges because those experiences that break you down, bring you to your knees are often what bring you the most growth, Mm -hmm. even without the quote unquote external results or outcome. Um, Really, I think the gold is, is what happens within when you can make those shifts. And um, for me, there were so many layers of lessons. I I think the biggest one we, we already kind of hashed out with the, the identity piece of like not letting my external world decide how I was going to show up as a person, um, internally and externally. Um, it really forced me to dive into the concept of what I could control in this circumstance, which was next to nothing. Um, you know, for a while there it was like, it's, yeah, it's scary. It's scary as hell. It was scary for all of us. Like when it first hit, you're like, okay, 
maybe this will last a couple of weeks, maybe a month. And then here we are, you know, what is it? Eight months now later, almost a year. If we're looking ahead to March of 2021, right around the corner. Um, you know, I think the biggest learning curve for me was just like finding the stability within myself in spite of not having any external stability. It was like my career was gone poof out of thin air. And as a freelancer, it's not easy to recur on that income that you had booked, you know, two months out of, you know, money that was going to get you through the summer and all the things. And that's, you know, how I've set up my life to have freedom. That's one of my core values, but it's also like, okay, well, we've got the financial instability now we've got the career instability now and the living instability because being in a city is not ideal. So, um, you know, I'm used to being a, a nomadic soul. And so fortunately I've been able to kind of bounce around in that department and just do what, what works for me. But it was like, also sitting in that uncomfortable space of a boatload of triggers in that instability, feeling the pain of that experience. Like that was hard for me to go through. It was hard for everyone to go through. People lost loved ones. Fortunately, I have, I have not experienced that with, um, you know, Corona. I know people like working in hospitals, there's, you, everyone has their own stories of challenges. It's not, it's, I'm not saying, you know, I, I don't want to come across as like, oh, poor me, you know, my challenges probably can't even, you know, they're insignificant than anyone else's, but it's, um, you know, but giving myself the space to sit in it, like sit in it. And when you're feeling like crap to like, you know, develop the healthy coping mechanisms, but not beating yourself up. If you do lay in bed and eat a tub of ice cream that day, but like try and give yourself a, you know, a window of time of like, all right, I'm going to sit in the shit <laughs> and I'm just going to feel this. Excuse my French. You can blurb that out. Uh, I'm going to sit in this for a second and not push it away and just like be with it for a second. Because for so long, I pushed through all those uncomfortable emotions. And guess what? Like you said, I get buried in your body and then your body starts to exert physical symptoms and that's not good either. So sitting in it without letting those also define me, sitting in it, processing through it, collecting those good friends you were one of them you were one of the first people that stepped up for me in that moment where I was like I thought I lost everything and like it was like literally catastrophic I mean it was I can't tell you I woke up every single day like on my knees bawling my eyes out not sure how I was going to make it through this year because I had literally nothing to stand on um and so the humility also another great lesson of like doesn't matter how stable you think you are externally really all that stuff is fleeting anyways so isn't that a great life lesson for us all like honestly, it kind of makes you face like in the end, like what really matters? Like, okay. Like if this is, in, it's like the, le the lesson of impermanence, you know, the detachment to all the external things that you think make you happy, that define you, that, um, you know, bring you this level of accomplishment and this joy and this, you know, it's like not attaching to those things, not chasing life. And instead being present with what's available to you now, if that's a crappy emotion, if that's uncomfortable, okay, that's where you're at today what you can control, your response to that. All right, if it's a great day, you're feeling good, ride that energy. What's gonna make you reach for that next emotion that's gonna bring you to the, the next elevated state? I like to call it vibration, whatever resonates with you. I'm a spiritual nerd now, so I call it vibration, but reach for the <laughs> highest level of vibration that you can that day. Like Your energy is everything. That's really the only thing we can control. It's not about the situations that happen to you, it's how you respond to them. So. Um, for me, it was taking it day by day and learning to receive because there was a lot of people that stepped up for me when I was literally like in my worst moment. That's definitely the worst moment of my life for sure. That, that can't argue that like 2020 brought me the biggest challenge of all. And then, you know, leaning into the grace and the blessings and the people that are able to show up for you and to give and to inspire you then when you're on the other side of this to then give to somebody else that 
can use that guidance and to, that can use that level of kindness and support that's almost unexplainable. So it was like humbling in that way, learning to receive, um, you know, improving my self-worth again. Like, what am I? Who am I beyond this broadcasting thing? Okay, well, I got to be a person now. <laughs> I mean, I've always been a person. I've always had a pretty strong personality, but it's like, you know, those, that, those little hooks that get into you mentally of like, okay, well, uh, what else do I bring to the table here? Like, how can I post content that might, you know, lift somebody's spirits for that day? Like, I'm somebody that, like, I embrace my one of my purposes here of like bringing joy and like finding joy when I'm feeling joy. And then also being honest about the crappy parts of my life of like that bring me to my knees and that make me anxious. And like, I'll give you an example recently, like last week, really hard for me. I, I, I went back to the old I have not had anxiety since I was able to process through 2020, probably around like October, November was where I was in like a really good place, just mentally just detaching from everything, trusting it was all going to work out. And then recently, things got shuffled up again and my, you know, my feathers got a little ruffled and I went back to the anxiety and I had to sit with them again. And I had to go back to my Epsom salt baths and to my meditations and to my breath work and to my close friends and to people that love me and care for me and can mirror back to me the parts of me that I forget. I forget mm -hmm. those parts. Like you see me in a different way than I see me sometimes when I'm in my worst moments. So I need somebody that can step in and mirror back to me like that I'm more than what this current negative emotion is surfacing for me. So that was a really long-winded answer. No, um, it's, it's great. And it, <laughs> but it's, there's been a lot, you know, oh, it's not, yeah. not a wonder. And we're still in it. I mean, yeah. let's be honest. Exactly. It's not, I, it's not like a, an ending. It's not a, it's not a destination. It's literally a journey. It's a journey. Every single day is a journey of this. But one of the things that I know that you did really, really well during this time, and you mentioned it earlier is figured out how to have fun. Yes. I love that you just said that because I was not envisioning myself having fun this year in March. Um, and, and that granted, I'm very grateful for the, for the blessings that were, that lined up for me in that moment and that ability to embrace that side and to just lean into what I could find joy in. And it was the simple things. Like it was really, really simple things, a bike ride with my dog. It was, um, you know, going to visit a friend when I had the ability to do that. It was, you know, getting out in the nature. I took a couple of trips to Colorado and did some hiking with some really close friends and just being, just being like that space to just be and to give myself permission to also feel joy while, while also struggling in that very many ways. And while other people are very much suffering in other ways. So like, how do you hold all of that? It's like, it's all one experience and being able to lean into the joy and still have the compassion for the suffering is, um, you know, a powerful space to be. So for me, finding joy started off to be a challenge. And then it was like, when I surrendered finally to like, I don't know if I'm going back to work anytime soon or not. And I'm going to try my best to, and I'm going to try my best in every other avenue of life, <laughs> random sales jobs, all these other things. And I'm surrendered and I'm going to keep surrendering more. It's like, when you think you're surrendered, you keep your ass then to surrender more. And that's really when you're in a space that you're able to receive because you finally given up the control seat. And, and of course you still have that control over your own de destiny in certain ways, but again, it's more about the inner journey. So um, for me, it was tapping back into that connection with myself of, um, you know, who am I really? And how can I still bring joy, not only for my life, but also to like to inspire others to find joy and that it's okay, like to still find ways to, you know, lean into that while also struggling. So it was a little thing. You left out like the most important fun thing you've done in this time, pickleball. Oh my gosh, I 
totally forget about pickleball. You're right. And honestly, oh my gosh, I've been having so much fun. You see how excited I am? I know. So I'm saying, I'm like, it might, you need to, you may need to pursue this professionally. I am trying my best, Jelly. I'm, I'm just a couple levels away from pro and it would take a lot of time, but Hey, I'm going to try my best, but I will say that. Yes. Thank you for bringing that up. Cause that is a perfect example. Like one of the only things that brought me joy <laughs> during this time is playing pickleball. It was outside. I could play comfortably, safely, and still experience joy. It brought back to that like healthy level of competition and that like, I, like I'm like such a like fiery person. I need to exert energy. Like exercising for me is really important to stay um, mentally healthy. And so being able to just show up and play pickleball and I was able to play in Grand Rapids, Michigan. I found a group of friends. Granted, they're all like 30 years older than me, but I don't care. I love literally, I like love hanging out with people. It's my vice. Um, and then I, moved, I was in Chicago for a little bit and was able to establish a pickleball friend group there. And, and then in, in Florida, you know, it's, it's, um, and it also connected me to a group of people, a new group of people that want to help me in finding work and, you know, and, and something else that could provide another piece of stability in my life in a, in a time of much instability, but it's like tapping in. And then that brings you, so when you're in that space of joy and you're meeting people, it's like, oh, like you connect with the right people that are able to support you. And that's like, I can't tell you how many contacts I made and LinkedIn requests I sent to people and phone numbers I got, and just even just like experiences of joy and gifts through that experience. And it's like, um, you know, like financial or stability doesn't always come in the form of money. It comes in the form of many different things. That can be a friendship. That can be, um, you know, fortuitous living situation that somebody's there to help you out. It's just the, um, you know, I'm, I, I have been pretty lucky in my life in ways where I like the right people show up at the right time in my life in a profound divine fashion and, and, um, help me on my path. And I also believe like my responsibility in that is because I'm able to tap into that joy to be, at a level where I could receive and to um, draw that into my experience. Um, I think that also helps to create those experiences of people being able to show up for you. Well, it's evidence also of letting go of the story that you think <laughs> should be happening. Yeah, yes. When we, when we can let go of this vision of how we think things have to be or or the scary story we're telling ourselves that if I don't get a job, I'm going to, you know, be out on the streets or I'm going to, you know, just the, all the gremlins, all the monsters we create in our mind that when we can let that go, just let go of the story and just be in the moment, be with the people you're with and just accept, like you said, you get to a higher vibration, you find the joy in every little day. And then it just, miraculously takes care of itself. Mm -hmm. And I think that you are a perfect example of that. You're a living proof of that. Mm -hmm. And I know that that's also helped you during this time or led you to become both astrology and Reiki certified yes. in this time. And I, you know, people on the podcast can't see your beaming, smiling face, but you lit up just when I said that. And so I feel like this time you like uh, so many other people, it's sometimes we just have to go through the mud and the muck to understand that it wasn't exactly maybe where we were supposed to be, that there is better for us or that maybe it's not even better. It's just a pivot and it's different and we can survive the mud, the dirty, the mud, the messy mm -hmm. to come out on the other side and have a new vision 
clear the dirt, the dust out of our eyes and see the good. And so what has that experience been like for you in terms of the, the astrology and the Reiki certification? Yeah, I love that you brought that up. And I'm finally letting my freak flag fly in it because I'm like, whatever. It's what I talk about all the time anyways. I'm like, when I need somebody, I'm like, when's your birthday? They're like, what the heck is astrology? I'm like, oh, it's just a self-awareness thing. So I'm like trying to filter it to people that might understand and might gravitate to it. But um, yeah, this time and space gave me the opportunity to start leaning into the things that like I was studying on the side and things that just fascinated me. I just, uh, I look at astrology as another tool for self-awareness. If, for those who are unaware of what it is, it's basically just a snapshot of um, how your personality might show up in this world, how your blueprint might operate in the world. And, and it, I, I did it for me first and foremost, because I wanted to understand myself even better and, and have another language to communicate to others also to help them understand like how I operate in the way, because you can't, you can't teach other people how to treat you if you don't know yourself. It's another reason why getting to know yourself is um, such an important thing. And for me, it's, so, it's kind of like a, you know, we're in a world of assessments, right? Yeah. There's all kinds of personality assessments and Enneagram yeah. kind of assessments that astrology is another tool. So Myers-Briggs of your birthday basically is how I explain it to people that are like, what the heck is astrology? I'm like, it's actually scientific, but don't worry about it. You don't even need to know. I'm like, and you'd be surprised how profoundly accurate it is. Like it's, most people only know it by like, oh, well, I read the horoscope and that's not really true. And I'm not here to really teach anyone why that you should believe in astrology or not believe in it. Right. It's like, whatever, if you want to like, if you want to do it and like, I like, great. If you don't, don't do it, like do only do what resonates with you. Don't do it. Cause I told you it resonates for me and it, it's been profoundly healing for me and like giving myself grace to myself because, uh, you know, certain parts of my personality that maybe I was fighting with for so long and to really just sit back and be like, Oh, okay, well, this is the high road of that side of me. And like, here's the low road. Let's choose the high road next time. Or, you know, this is why I have a tendency to take things so personally sometimes emotionally. And this is why I feel so triggered when this happens or, you know, it helps us see patterns within ourselves to then, um, also be able to navigate those more clearly. So for astrology, I did it for me, but then I'm also like, I'm doing my friends charts. I'm like, going to open up to, um, you know, people in my social media following to just do readings, donation based. And I'm still learning, but it's more just like to help people like kind of fall in love with themselves again. <laughs> like, I don't think you can really, um, enjoy anything in life until you're cool with yourself. So, um, that's what it's done for me. And then also with the Reiki certification, uh, I got my Reiki masters over the summer, which was so amazing. Um, that's just another form of energy healing and, um, you can do it long distance. So I don't have to be in person with you, but uh, somehow I think I'll probably marry the two and just, yeah. um, you know, the people that are inclined to learn more about themselves or feel like they're struggling with a certain aspect of their life and want to just kind of talk it through for an hour session. Um, I can, I'm, I'm, I'm in the process of starting that and thank you for holding me accountable to yes. this. Cause you're one of the people that I will lean into when I'm like, ah, it's so scary to do new things. It's so scary to put yourself out there in a new way, but it's like, it's a skill that I've developed. I think I can help a lot of people and why not? Why not start doing that? And then also additionally, I'll say too, um, I was able to take like a digital marketing course during this time of like, okay, well, if I'm not going to be broadcasting, like how can I diversify and like learn a new skill and do something that I'm passionate about? And I'm a creative being. I love social media. I love to post weird stuff, funny stuff. Like I love to help my friends. Um, so I'm helping my friend Laura with her podcast and growing out courses and, um, you know, kind of like partnering with her on certain things of like, okay, how can we have the most positive impact here and also like do it smart, um, from a digital standpoint. So, uh, I'm learning those things behind the scenes also to just like diversify, you know, my, not only my skill set but also the way that I'm able to make money. I don't want to depend on 
one one aspect to um, to have freedom. I equate money to freedom, nothing else. So um, yeah, those are things for asking about that. When you take self-doubt from your, mm-hmm. pull it out of your brain and put it over to the side and let it sit there. Mm-hmm. When you take out the voices that are saying, this isn't gonna work, mm-hmm. and you put them over into another room temporarily, mm-hmm. what is the vision that you see for yourself? Mm-hmm. I love that. I feel like it's like neutralizing those like triggering aspects because they're never fully going to go away. Right. That's just the journey of life. But, um, the, the most ideal picture that I have for myself is, um, being in a space where I'm embodying full freedom. And that starts from within, um, being free internally, where I'm at a place where I am 100% in acceptance with who I am <laughs> first and foremost, because that's the biggest hurdle that I've had to go through in my life. Um, secondly, I envision myself being able to, um, you know, bring, continue to bring joy to myself, but also then inspiring others to bring joy in their own lives, whatever that means. Um, I guess the biggest thing with this visual is like more just like me being free in my own journey. Um, so that I can also lead the path for others to do that as well. And I'm not exactly sure what that, what that thing is. Is it continuing to do broadcasting? I hope so. And I hope that path continues to work out for me. Is it to continue to follow the, you know, on the coaching path potentially and working with people and helping people come to terms with themselves? Maybe. I don't know if I have to figure out the how part. I just have to lean into the spaces of like, what does it feel like to be free? What would it feel like to be in the perfect job? What would it feel like to be living the life of my dreams with stability and, um, you know, financially living, you know, it, from a career standpoint, um, living in a place that makes me really happy, or at least having a home base that makes me feel like I'm at ease, that can help me get into the those healthy routines when life does seem to get chaotic. Um, so for me, it's just the freedom within to then help as many pe- people as possible, um, whether that's on a broadcasting scale, whether it's on my podcast scale, whatever, whatever that, whatever that how piece means. Um, I just want to be in alignment with myself to be able to help as many people as possible. And, um, you know, I really, I really, really passionate about people liking and loving themselves again, because it's really hard to do that. We all wear these, you know, masks of, of how we project and treat people. And, and a lot of that just comes down to pain and the, you know, the little intricacies yeah. of, of not, not liking ourselves in certain ways, whether we want to admit it or not. So I don't know if that answers your question, but when, and succinctly, what I heard you say is this is, I'm going to reintroduce you everyone. My guest today is Michelle McMahon. She's a freedom finder, a joy <laughs> and a self-love guide. Oh, I love that. Yeah, there you go. I just wrote your copy for you. This is really, uh, uh, I think, also helpful. And I, I, most of the audience that follows this is sports related. It, it also fits into the, the people that play sports. Mm-hmm. And so many of us tie our identities to it. And then what happens when the sport is gone? Yeah. Whether you're a college, high school athlete, college athlete, coach, or professional. Oh professional athlete. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a major shift because, Mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's a minimum of 24 years of your life, uh, that you you've identified with something or 20 years of your life and more that you've identified with something. And when it's gone, ripped away from you, suddenly Mm -hmm. it, there's a, there's a period of time that you're, you feel like you're out in the middle of the ocean without Mm -hmm. a life raft to save you. 
<laughs> I can't believe you just said that. I literally gave that visual to somebody the other day. Really? <laughs> yeah, I was like, I feel like you're cruising by on a yacht and I'm just going to freaking raft with right. no oar. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, it, it cracks me up when everybody says, you we're all me a life jacket up there, thanks. <laughs> we're all in the same boat. No, we're not. We're all in the same freaking hurricane, but we're not all in the same vessel. Very true. <laughs> <laughs> and my raft might be better than somebody who's drowning in the freaking ocean. You know what exactly. I mean? Like it it's, is. It's all perspective. True. It's all yeah. perspective. So Michelle, where can people find out more about you? I know, uh, give us your Instagram. I know you've got yeah. a, you're crushing the Instagram game and your website and, and anywhere else they can reach out to you. Yeah, you're inspiring me to finally act on all these digital marketing things that I've learned and been putting off for so long. But um, you can find me on Instagram. I'm most active on Instagram um, at Mish, M-E-E-S-H underscore McMahon. Um, and that's where I post most of my stuff. Sometimes my stuff is funny. Sometimes it's just like random. Sometimes it's inspiring. It just depends what mood I'm in that day and what, what I'm going through in that moment in time. Um, and my website is michellemcmahon.com. And so that's where I will be working to... Um, build out the astrology ways to get a hold of me to um to connect with me on that with astrology reiki whatever it is <laughs> conversation um and i think too like my whatever's to come is, is to, to take form there so we'll see what happens with that but um other than that i'm also on twitter same instagram handle and um facebook as well but again most active on instagram so try to be in as engaging as possible on there and then yeah hopefully i'll be on uh, btn soon talking about some volleyball and if you're interested in that you can tune into the old television <laughs> <laughs> all right well uh thank you so much we could talk for hours and i know i feel like we're just getting started just we, getting. Are. we should do this more regularly and normally i ask everyone what their definition of grit is but i'm pretty sure that you've explained it a million times over in this podcast yeah um you've clearly exemplified it throughout your entire life and i for one cannot wait to see what you do next because it's just a joy to watch you enjoy life thank you shelly you've been such a pillar of support and stability for me and i know you've been going through a lot too and you've just handled yourself with such grace and um you know thank you for having me on here thank you for pursuing this wholeheartedly and and putting yourself out there in this way i know it's not easy having your own podcast and doing it yourself and you've powered through and and have really um been fully present with the message that you're sharing and um so excited excited to see how this continues to grow and blossom for you and I just love our friendship and I'm just very grateful for you. You're just, you're a shower upper. So we need shower uppers when we're going through the tough times and you're one of those people. So thank you for being that for me and for everyone that listens to you. That's a wrap for this edition of Too Much Grit to Quit on Blue Wire Hustle. I'm your host, Shelly Till. Please join me again the next time and make sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform.